1: Welcome, welcome back to Boss on Cage Podcast. Well, today is... One of those days that you kind of have to, didn't think it was going to come, but it's the season finale of season one, and my guest today, obviously, is going to be Alex Grant. I mean, she started us off on episode one, and she did the the, the recap in the middle, so it only makes sense that she closes us out for the season, right? I mean, and some other surprises are going to come up about this particular episode that, you know, we're going to allude to as far as her voice being utilized in certain places as well. So welcome back to the show, Alex.
0: I know. Uh, thanks for having me. The funny part is a year ago, we weren't on video and now we're on video. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So That's the first change that we didn't have at the beginning of the year or midway through the season, we didn't have video. So I'd, I guess now, I guess post-COVID or still in the middle of COVID is we've changed to this new format of having video.
1: Yep. Yep. Video is, is one of those things. And I, and I purposely did it to kind of the one to make sure we had a following, the one to make sure we kind of got the kinks out of just recording and, you know, talking to people and understanding what, what, what their responses would be to the podcast. So now that we kind of know what things are, it only makes sense to go to the next level, which is video.
0: Yep. Makes sense. All right. Yep. Yep. So are you ready for my interview questions now?
1: Yeah. Shoot. Go for it.
0: <laughs> All right, so season one. This is the final episode of season one. Um, I can say a year ago, or was it? Is it twenty six episodes now? You can correct me if I have the number wrong. Uh, uh,
1: this is episode probably twenty eight because we had our episodes in between. So yeah, this is episode twenty eight.
0: It's crazy. Twenty eight episodes a year ago. I think we were recording the first episode in the same place uh, when we were in Virginia. So. I guess just kind of give a high-level overview. Like, what is what has this year been like for Boss on Cage?
1: Um, it's one of those things that being, being a marketer and a designer and, and, you know, obviously from a marketing standpoint, it's always about A-B testing. You got to kind of put things out there and see what the response of the public is and make changes based upon that. Mm-hmm. And out of all the things that I've been doing for like the past decade, especially in the last two years, the last thing I thought that would even – potentially take off as it has would have been the podcast, you know, in, right. in lieu of like the books and like dealing with mentoring or dealing with consultant. I mean, all these things are all working, but it seems pound for pound, the, the winner is podcasting.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's been beneficial from a business perspective and all the tentacles related to it, but at the same time, it's almost like a creative outlet for you because you're getting the chance to interview friends and family and, 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 and partnerships that you've had, you know, for years or if not decades in some cases, and to just really getting a chance to kind of know them on this other side and know their business. So that's been pretty cool so far. Um I know when we talked mid season, you know, we did talk about a few of the episodes that you have, but let's dig into a little bit of who you've talked to in the second season. Um, I, I've been listening to it as the episodes have been coming out. Um, you come out about every Tuesday, if not, maybe Wednesday morning when I wake up, my episode is there, but, and I know I always ask this question. I think I did last time. Like, do you want to pick a favorite or is there one where you can say, uh, You've listened to multiple times. I know I have my cho- my choice. I'll say that. You know, Greg Caesar's episode I've listened to a couple times because there've been so many nuggets in that episode. Um, but for you, have there been maybe one or two episodes where you may have consistently listened to, not just as the interviewer, but more of like, okay, that was a good nugget. I want to go back and and hear that piece.
1: I mean, I listen to every single episode at least. Three to four times, mm-hmm. you know. I listen to it while it's live. I listen to it post. I listen to it after it's edited, and then I listen to it again once it, it hits my um, my box. So, out of all the episodes, the one that I would say I probably listen to again, I think Greg Caesar is definitely a great episode. I think Greg kind of sets the climax for really what season two is really going to be about. Because I mean, season one was me really just reaching into my my current rolodex and touching bases with business owners that I have seen overcome hurdles and climb the ladder to their particular success levels Mm -hmm. so it was an opportunity for me to kind of you know give back to that community of people and through that then it kind of spawned on to a whole new plethora of people that were not in my Rolodex last year that are in my Rolodex going into 2021 Mm -hmm. so Greg Caesar is kind of like the keystone between those two environments he was in my Rolodex last year but people that are essentially more like Greg are going to kind of set a a way higher bar going into season two.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Totally. Um, I know one episode that I enjoyed, I mean, aside from Greg Caesars, I always say that's the one I always go back to and listen and pull out little nuggets um, of information. Um, I forgot what you, I like the way you name each of your, uh, your interviewees. And was he the ultimate marketer? Am I remembering that correctly? (laughs)
1: Greg Caesar, no, his... Is um is the creative marketer?
0: Creative marketer. I remember marketer being the word, but yes, creative marketers. But I mean, another one that I picked up on was actually your friend Lad. Um, a lot of his episode was you know about stepping out on faith and having faith in what you believe in, um, and taking leaps and just having no fear. And the odd part about it is, I went back and listened to his episode, and actually, I mean, honestly, truthfully, I went back and I kind of listened to the whole season. I think organically, you had a theme and you didn't even realize that a a lot of your interviews were about stepping out on faith and pushing past fear and not listening to the haters and the naysayers. Um, And I don't know if that was on purpose, if you want to talk about that a little bit, but you know, a lot of your episodes were about just taking that leap of faith.
1: I mean, yeah. So believe it or not, like, again, I'm 50% creative and 50% analytical. So in my research of these questions that I'm asking everybody on the show, and you know, to allude to the past 20 something episodes, I'm going to kind of release the, the secret formula now was I've done research to figure out what questions are going to spark an emotional response based mm-hmm. upon who I'm interviewing? So when I ask somebody a question, I'm saying, okay, what's one thing you would have done differently, right? That's, that usually follows before a question. And then eventually, nine out of 10 times, they may or may not say something about family, friends, and it'll give me an opportunity to then roll into the next question, which is, well, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? then that question wow. then opens up Pandora's box and then say, okay, so what's your morning routines? So, but again, I know everybody's answer is going to be uniquely different, but as they're answering these questions, just based upon the structure of the questions, this is going to lead into a scenario to where it's going to go into fate. It's going to go into, well, this, I'm doing this because naysayers or somebody didn't believe in me, or I hit these particular hurdles. And that's why the questions are staged in the, the way they are.
0: Makes sense completely. Um like when i listen to it as one big group instead of like you know i listen to it when the episode will come out and then i'm not saying you forget about things but you you start to kind of you know not remember the little nuances but when you listen to it as one big group you're like all of them kind of have a theme and all of them have that same language of stepping out on faith and taking the leap and you know you know don't stop you know despite what things are being thrown at you um an uh, interesting episode that I don't want to say necessarily kind of deviated from that a little bit, but I learned a lot more about this individual um, was Milano. Like I know Milano through you and I know how incredibly intelligent Milano is (laughs) and just his diverse like background and everything that he's into from the modeling and, and then what he's doing for nonprofits and whatnot. So I'll talk a little bit about his episode because um, I think it was like kind of the first episode, in the second half of the season um and just some of the nuggets that he gave from that episode i know kind of touched me a little bit so talk about milano's episode
1: yeah so i think milano is is a key episode in the sense that to your point milano is an ivy league graduate and he's highly he's intellectual and he he, he deems himself to be intellectual and he works in intellectual space Mm -hmm. so bringing him into the podcast environment you know i don't think he posts Well, pre the episode, I don't think he listened to any episodes. So he came in kind of cold turkey. So he wasn't really sure what to expect. But at the end of the episode, I mean, he, he definitely seen the puzzle pieces come together. And, you know, I think it's one of those things, not necessarily he takes for granted, but he's been doing modeling and he's been doing nonprofits from an Ivy League level forever. So mm-hmm. for him, he just kind of understands the system, and he rolls with the punches, and he gets things done. And it was kind of an eye-opening moment for both of us to say, "Okay, dude, you, you're you're like a dream person because some people they want to be a model, some people yep. want to be Ivy League. You're both, and you're doing both at the same time. So mm-hmm. I mean, not only pat yourself on the back, but you're doing both of them well, and you're also giving back to and you're giving back to to people that may necessarily need his services, mm-hmm. but once they. Sign up for his services or understand who he is, then it becomes very fruitful because he understands their market sector and he understands marketing indirectly as well
0: yeah i think I think maybe that's why I liked. Um, that one um, as one of the most because that's everybody's like hey you have a nine to five you have a day job I you know I can speak for myself I have a very analytical job I'm an accountant I'm a treasurer so it's numbers all day it's excel spreadsheets it's it's black and white all day long Um, and then you know after hours you're always looking for something creative or your creative side and you either get all of one or all of the other but you never get both at 100% and Milano is both (laughs) at 200 in some cases so um i'm switching gears a little bit i want to talk about um an interview that you did towards the end of the season um which has actually um spawned into a partnership so we talk a little bit about partnership so andrew's episode is andrew j uh minor um which is a part of neil patel's group um talk a little bit about how you guys met having him on the podcast and what this new partnership means
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So his nickname was Uncle Andrew. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Andrew, the whole Neil Patel partnership thing was, it's its kind of goes back to the Rolodex, right? Because of Greg Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. And then also knowing the Kindle King himself, right? In that space of learning through the Kindle cashflow, flow. And hearing the different tools that they use on that. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools that they were using was Uber Suggest. So, in using Uber Suggest and using like Google um, Keyword Planner, I started digging a little bit deeper into the, the Uber Suggest model and I learned a little bit about Neil Patel. And I'm like, well, this guy has been marketing forever. He's a household name when it comes to marketers, he's an international brand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, essentially, in that process, I reached out to him. And just so happened, they had just started their partnership program. Okay. And in that conversation, I was like, okay, guys, let's, let's let's figure out how can we partner, you know, whether it's an affiliate or whether it's a direct partnership. So we started talking about it. And then we went through the entire process. And then I was like, well, I have a podcast, and it'll, it'll give opportunity to kind of market the service and give opportunity for my listeners to listen to, you know, whoever you have that's pretty much high profile in your company that can give value back so then they said well andrew was available at short notice because i think we had shot that like on a tuesday and the deal had closed like the friday before
0: okay Yeah. so
1: so andrew was available and then you know didn't did my my due diligence on andrew i mean andrew is kind of like the guy behind the curtains the guy behind the mask that's been in the game for like forever but he's built companies and sold companies. And he was like one of the founding fathers that helped Neil Patel get to where he is currently right now, as far as the global footprint. But Neil Patel is essentially like the um, Steve Jobs, he's the brand. Mm -hmm. So it was a great opportunity to kind of meet Andrew firsthand on the podcast, and also get some more insight about their business model, about their strategies and, and how they do things at the Neil Patel organization.
0: Okay. And so going forward, um, since the deal is done, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for Boston caged? What's next?
1: So with that partnership, it kind of gives us an opportunity because, you know, cerebral 360 is essentially a marketing agency that can help people with graphic design, help web design. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've definitely done SEO, but scaling, right? So if you want to learn how to scale, you can kind of have to either find people that's doing it better than you or people that are specialized in it. And, Neil Patel's organization fits both those bills. They've been doing it longer than, than Cerebral 360, and they've been doing it to a global scale versus even a national scale. So it gives us the opportunity to not only have those services in our bucket, but it gives the opportunity for our particular target audience to get their SEO to another level. So if they want to, you know, essentially get a higher return on the SEO and a quicker return versus, you know, we will be able to set up your pages and set up the keywords and set up the searches. But Neil Patel take it to a whole nother analytical level to where we're just not at. So making the partnership makes perfect sense to where we can kind of delegate that work over to Neil and his company will then orchestrate that noise for our particular clients.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Sounds like a great partnership. I look forward to kind of what it materializes um, in 2021. Which is as we're record, recording this, only a few days away. <laughs> so, so going back a little bit, um, outside of the podcast, a little bit, I want to talk about what Essay Grant has been doing. Um, again, correct me on my count if I'm incorrect, but I think by now you've published five books in 2020 alone. I know I think the number is bigger of all time, but just in this 12-month period, you've published five books. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a part of the whole podcast thing. And again, I, you know, I always think I bite off more than I could chew, but you know, <laughs> I'm kind of like a, like a chipmunk with just holding like a bunch of, um, you know, just, so the reality is, is that yes, I published five books this year and um, volume one, two, three for Boston cage. Mm-hmm. Well, becoming an uncaged Trailblazer is volume one, two, three. And then in the midst of that, I'm kind of doing the AB testing and I was like, okay, these books are very masculine right. in design. They're very masculine in, in like the linear style of the look of the book are masculine. I'm like, well, my target audience is both 50, 50 male and female. So mm-hmm. how do I talk to my female audience? So then I came up with the Uncaged Motivation brand, which kind of is a softer look with the same bold, bright colors and uniquely different content. So now essentially we have two separate brands. One is the Become an Uncaged Trailblazer, Volumes one, two, three, And then we also have Uncaged Motivations, Volume 1 and 2 currently. And oh. all of them were published in... 2020. 2020.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. What about, um, do you have any more books planned? I know not for 2020 it would be over in about five days or so, but what books do you have planned for 2021?
1: Well, I think before we even step into that, I mean, in addition to publishing our, my own books, we had opportunity to publish two books for two clients that were also two guests on our show so yeah
0: i was going to get into that i know the first half of the season um if you've listened you heard dr b's episode and you published dr b's book in 2020 and then also if you haven't heard it yet um the chief's episode which was the run right before this um you just published her book a few days ago actually it's getting ready to go live within a few days so um those are two episodes that's dr b's episode and the chief's episode where you've actually published their book so talk a little bit about that
1: i mean yeah there's always um I always say that when you're dealing with high profile people, a type personalities, and they, they've things in a particular vision, but mm-hmm. this is outside of their scope of, of work. So kind of leading them to the promised land is a nurturing process of push and pull uptake and downtake. And so, yes, we published two books. Um, it was definitely uh a, uh, informal journey for both myself and for these particular two guests, but the results are, are are there. I mean, Dr. B's book was, you know, number one top seller for, you know, the first half of the year. Mm -hmm. And from that, it, it, Dawn into other things past that that original book so that was great um the chief book is going to go live uh, on the 30th of this month which is around the same time this this particular podcast is going to drop so looking out for that book to be a number one top seller as well and to open up her her post journey i mean she was chief for what 17 years she was a police officer right. for 34 years mm-hmm. so it just gives her opportunity to kind of talk about the new space and the new world that she's in and you know we've been working on that book essentially since about
0: for months now well actually since well, the beginning then. of the year yeah. yeah
1: yeah so we started that book probably like six seven it's kind of like dr b dr b took about maybe six to nine months to publish his book and mm-hmm. the chief books about six to nine months to publish her book as well
0: yeah i, I kind of remember that story at the beginning it was you know shortly after her announcement of retirement and the actual retirement ceremony and she kind of came to you and the team and were, were like you know i i want to publish a book so you know had the conversation about how that book would materialize or direction it wanted to go and then headed down that path and then just got to a point to say she's like no I want to write my memoir memoir I want to write my story um which completely changed the direction of the book and I think in some kind of cases it was beneficial because it is her beginning story and now it's potentially materializing into a book two and in a book three in order to be able to tell all of these various chapters of her life Instead of just having one book on leadership this is one multi-book operation on growth and and you know being a leader and now into her post-retirement phase of what she's doing as far as consulting so I think that really worked out for you guys
1: I mean yeah yeah, yeah. to your point I mean the original book was essentially like a non-fiction book right and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be about leadership and in the middle of that process we're well, probably near we were probably 75% done with that book mm-hmm. and then she would just kind of like I want to post that book after this book. And it was kind of like we had to throw everything in the hat. And it was just like, you do know we have to completely start over with new research, new keyword strategies, new titling, new everything to get this book done before the end of 2020. So it was definitely a wild journey. And we're still in progress of you know marketing and strategizing going into 2021 currently right now. I mean, I think I have a call with her this week to talk about Facebook ads. So yeah. it's, it's live and well right now.
0: It's a great book though. So... When you get a chance, it comes out on December the thirty, Please go out there and grab it. If you haven't grabbed Dr. B's book yet, it's still out there on Amazon. Correct me if I'm Yep, I thought I saw it the other day, actually. So um, it came across my algorithm. But yeah, go out and grab this book as well, as long as well as all of the Boston Cage books. I really like the motivational books because sometimes you just need that quick little, you know, you're flipping through and, and that quick little nudge of, okay, I can keep doing this. I can keep going forward. So that's cool. Definitely. What about what's happening as far as like i said what what are you doing as far as publishing in twenty twenty one
1: yeah, so this year I decided i mean considering like the the positive outcome of the podcast, I said it only makes sense that. Being that I'm you know, we're we're a small publishing house and we're publishing other people's books and we're publishing my books, and I might as well publish a a book about the podcast. So going into twenty twenty one and currently working on it, I'm gonna publish a book that's titled directly based upon the podcast called Boston Cage. And it's about the twenty six, not necessarily about the individual people that we interviewed, Mm -hmm. but it's a about their stories in the sense of their keywords, prime example would be like "Tal is optimistic." Yep. so this chapter is going to talk about optimism and how that can kind of help you achieve your goals, overcome hurdles. no matter when things are looking down or gleam, there's always opportunity for you to move forward and realize that your glass is essentially always half full so mm-hmm. that that topic is essentially came from that particular podcast, and then I'm probably going to have to cite some um, some key terminologies and probably quotes from Tao. So the goal would be all 26 episodes from season one are going to be showcased in a book based upon the principles that you learn from each episode.
0: Oh, that's really cool. I'm excited about that one. Do you have a tentative release date? and We can see that one coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm holding (laughs) you to the fire.
1: (laughs) I I would think making it an annual thing. So this podcast essentially started in uh, February of... 2020. Mm-hmm. So looking at doing a release date around that time. So essentially we're looking at February of 2021. And again, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. It's 12 <laughs> months later. Yeah. It's two months from now, but you know, the beauty <laughs> thing about writing books is like their systems, man. Once you understand a system of book, I mean, you could kind of be down in a hole and be behind and you got four weeks. And if you knuckle down, you can kind of get a, a really solid book out in four weeks or less if you know what you're doing. So.
0: Okay. Let's see. I will. I look forward to it. February, be there on Amazon, buying it, definitely. Staying in this book space a little bit. um, I noticed on a couple of episodes, you always, uh, not always, but in some of the episodes, you've asked your um, interviewees, what are they reading? Yes. So this was kind of like a great segue to talk about, you know, they're saying what they're reading. Um, We would like to hear from listeners and subscribers what they're reading. So let's talk about a little bit about the Boston Cage Book Club.
1: Yeah. So this is something that, you know, I guess if you live with me and, and if you're in my circles, you know, randomly I, I, after A-B testing and looking at what people are looking at. And, and during, I think it was probably episode 14, 15, I just started asking the question, what book are you reading? Mm-hmm. And then realizing that everybody that I'm interviewing are essentially not necessarily high profile people, but they're highly intellectuals or they're business savvy or they're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So nine out of 10 of them, well, literally 100% of them are always reading something. Yeah. That so was like, well, what the hell am I doing? I'm asking them the question, let's go ahead and make a book club. And it's not a standard book club to where we're going to be reading these books. But, you know, if you decide to go to bostoncage.com slash book club, it will have a complete outline of all the books from the past episodes and it'll have opportunity for you to submit your books as well too. So then we can kind of just keep growing this environment of of books from entrepreneurs that are not necessarily self-help, but motivational books, inspiring books, books to kind of get you from wherever you are currently to the next step. And there's been, I don't know how many dozens of books that have been mentioned on this podcast, but literally, you know, I've purchased some of them and read them and they're all golden nuggets. They're Mm -hmm. all gems. So it only makes sense that we have an environment to say, hey, hey guys if you're listening to this podcast go to this website and take a look at these books
0: it completely makes sense i know i've i've heard those nuggets on a few of the episodes and if i'm usually listening to it while i'm driving um or doing something else and i always try to make a point well try not to write while i drive but i always try to make a point to like write it on my hands and say oh i'm going to find that book later or i'm going to check out that book later and then something gets in the way and i forget and so this would be really helpful as just almost like a database of all the books that have been talked about on the podcast, um, you know, including your own and then the books that um, everyone's recommending. Like there's from a book perspective, you know, I'm such a book nerd, you know, I, I will admit that I don't know all the books in the world. So to hear from other people what they're reading, you know, as far as motivation or productivity or just in general, you know, how to get at how to take leaps of faith, you know. That'll be really good to have all in one database.
1: So. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it originally probably started with um. I think that was episode three or four with Richard. I think Richard was like the first time we indirectly kind of spoke about it, and he he alluded to some books that he was reading, and and then you know I didn't really click to me until like later on in the season. That this is the question I need to ask everybody, right? So definitely, and I think that the common denominating book of all books is going to be Napoleon Hill, right? I'm thinking Grow <laughs> yes. Rich. Like that thing has come up like at least on yes. A third of the episodes, everybody has said that book. So If you have not read Think and Grow Rich, I would advise you to read it. And it's one of those things that, from everybody that I know that's a millionaire or wealthy individuals, not only do they read the book or have read the book, but they read it religiously. Mm-hmm. Really. It's almost like their, their New Year's resolution is to read that book because as you read that book, it gives you a new light, a new vision, a new tunnel. And you would read something that you didn't grasp six months ago, three months ago, right. And in this new space of mind going into a new year, it'll open up a new box for you to kind of, you know, dive into a lot fuller.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. And great segue. So what's up for season two? What should the listeners um, be looking forward to for season two?
1: Season two. So season two, I mean, like I said, to your point, you brought up Greg Caesar and Greg Caesar is a marketing industry legend. To where he's kind of been doing what he's doing for a period of time. So going into season two, I kind of wanted to bring some more of that, like right off rip. So like season two episode well, episode two, right, is going to be Ty Colin and mm-hmm. Ty and Greg. They know each other, so you can kind of hear the synergy between them. And I think on the episode we talked about Greg a little bit as well, but Ty Cohen is, is, is the Kindle King. And when you, when you kind of hear his episode, you can kind of understand like how did he get to $3 million annually through just selling Kindle books? And right. we talk about that on that. And, you know, he came from a background, I think he was working at, at CVS. So think about wow. going from CVS to $3 million a year.
0: Well wow.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So one. yeah. And then after that we have, um, Damon. And so Damon is another dude that I just kind of, you know, I think he was up on Forbes. He was a Forbes writer Mm -hmm. and he's an SEO genius as well. And I reached out to him on Facebook. I was like, what the hell do I have to lose? I reached out to him. We made a connection. You know, he interviewed me on his podcast, interviewed him on my podcast, but Damon gives some really genuine nuggets just about SEO, just about strategy or just about marketing. And he's high profile as well. I mean, he's been in the game for a minute and, you know, obviously his revenues is is, is there to back it. So, I mean, he's going to be, um, episode three directly after ty cohen and i'm just kind of building up like you know i'm, right. I'm putting like some heavy hitters just right away and i'm going to continue to maintain that through season two
0: talk a little bit about what you were telling me about potentially having maybe a real estate month you know i think yeah. and correct me if i'm wrong you have a few uh real estate individuals a few people who are knowledgeable on building capital um for investing um so tell me a little bit more or tell the listeners a little bit more about that
1: yeah so just believe it or not, I mean, I think we've recorded maybe about 15 episodes in the season two already. Mm-hmm. So it gives me the opportunity to kind of look at it from a high level view to say how to organize these things. So going into um, February, the second month of 2021, I realized that we have some tentacles with some real estate whether it's real estate or whether it's real estate investment or so I was like, let's orchestrate all these people into one month. So Jessica, right. Which is a close friend of ours. Also a close friend of Tally. If you haven't seen episode one, um, episode two, season one. So mm-hmm. we're all within that circle, and she's been a real estate agent for a period of time, had a lot of level of success. So she's a, she's what I would consider to be the traditional real estate agent. Yep. And then um, Lenny the boss, right? Which goes <laughs> back into the, these circles, right? So Lenny the boss is essentially Ty Cohen's cousin, which is also oh, close friends cool. with Greg Caesar. But I didn't his. Know that. Yeah, so his niche is real estate, but he does real estate from he does rental properties. And this dude is he's hungry and he's motivated. He's always buying rental properties. And his entire Facebook page is all about getting into real estate and building your wealth through having reoccurring revenue. So that's his episode. And then episode um, eight is Dominic Felix, which is essentially real estate, but he does wholesale. And he does oh. wholesale to the scale to where I think they're grossing probably $5 million annually at this point. Well, probably more than that now. Mm-hmm. So it gives him an opportunity to kind of talk more so on the wholesale side. Like how did he get into wholesale versus becoming a real estate agent versus becoming rental properties. So it's just different facets of real estate that you could essentially make money from. So it gives me the opportunity to kind of bring them all together. And to the last point um, would be the last episode. I'm trying to think I haven't recorded that one yet. I'm going to, I'm going to record it. But my goal is to get somebody that talks more so about funding. Oh Yeah. So understanding how to raise capital, if you want to buy a a building, if you want to buy a complex, if you want to buy commercial properties, Mm -hmm. and just diving into that space. And, you know, obviously, I think we have some other people that's particularly lined up that we haven't closed yet. But Mm -hmm. if they all come in before then, then obviously, February month may roll into February and March.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you, you've had um, people on your podcast before who've talked about raising capital, um, is it Argent um, talk was uh, his episode was about how he had to do some capital funding, <laughs> which um, he raised a lot of money and then he lost some money. And then he was able to raise a lot more. Um, so, but just to go into season two, um, you know, if you're able to kind of lock that interview down, I think, and then the ones that are subsequently supposed to happen after that, um, I think that'll be a good bit of knowledge for the listeners, um, because it's kind of, you know, that's what it's about. How do you raise the money um, in order to be able to get your product made or your, you know, service out into the world? Um, I think it was on Harris's episode, he talked a little bit about, you know, if it's good, the people will invest in you. Um, So all right. If you if you know your product or your service is good, then how do you get the people to invest in you? I mean, ideally, no one wants to go to a bank and get a loan and this and the other because now you are essentially in a sense slave to the bank. But if you have the resources and the key contacts in order to have these people investing, then that's better. So once you get those interviews lined up, lined up, I think it'd be really good for people to listen.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah. So just to allude, I mean, Ray Johnson is going to be the funding guy. That's that's the guy I'm going for. And believe it or not, like Ray originally was my first podcast ever recorded before i recorded towels so the funny story that goes back is that we recorded it at at like a cafe in roswell georgia Uh you know my microphones were okay and i'm using like a handheld recorder and the ambience noise in the background was kind of cool but we couldn't dilute it enough to kind of really get the impact of hearing his voice clearly so you know recently i had a meeting a one-on-one meeting with him um maybe like what 30 days ago, 45 days ago. So he's definitely willing to come back on the show and re-record it hundred percent. So Ray is going to be like the keystone for that February month because you have wholesalers, you have renters, and you have mm-hmm. real estate. And then Ray comes in and he's like, well, this is how you get the money.
0: How do you get the money? Yep.
1: <laughs> this is how you raise the capital, raise the funds, what, what kind of credit scores you need to have, what kind of down payments you need to have. Cause he's, he's kind of like the extension of the bank. He's not the bank, but he's, he's a lending network. So it's, a, it'll be a, a great, February is going to be a month. If you're into real estate and you're into like understanding how to raise capital and build wealth through real estate, February is definitely the month that you want to tune in.
0: I'm excited. I can't wait to see kind of what season two is going to look like. Um, I'll also allude a little bit to what else you're thinking about doing for season two. Um, do you want to talk about the boss and cage telephone number a little bit?
1: Um, yeah. So if anybody that knows me would know that I'm a real big lifetime deals guy. So in my searches for lifetime deals, I came across a lifetime deal that gives give me access to essentially five numbers that are programmable numbers that track analytics and all this different stuff behind the scenes. So I was like, it only makes sense that let me go ahead and create a boss uncaged phone number that allows people to kind of call in, leave messages, send text messages to, and it also have an opportunity to, you know, Get in direct contact with me via voicemail, or even have it reroute directly to my phone as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm probably not going to release that phone number until uh, the season two, Mm -hmm. and then so you'll have opportunity to get that number going into season two, episode one.
0: That'll be really cool, like just an opportunity to be able to, you know, one eight hundred. Boss cage Is it that? I don't know if it is. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but knowing you and branding, it'll be something really close to that, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can. I can the, last, the last four numbers is boss. It took me forever to kind okay. of negotiate and, and finagle that number and, and check out all the different area codes. But yes, the last four digits of this phone number would be boss.
0: I know. You're the king of branding, i.e. I don't know if anybody remembers now we're in Boss Cage gear now. I, that definitely was not in the first episode or even probably midway through uh, season one. There was no Boss and Cage merch, but now we have Boss and Cage, uh the store. You can probably give the URL a little bit better than me, where yep. you can get the hoodies and the T-shirts and the sweatpants and the mugs and everything, which I probably own the majority of it because I shop at Boss and Cage a lot, so. Yep.
1: So that's store.bossencage.com.
0: Right. Right. I mean honestly just to kind of, you know, wrap it all up for the most part, the season 1 the journey of Boss and Cage that was just like I said a year ago was just an idea like, you know, one of the things you're really good at is your network and your connections. And I know we were just having one of those kind of, you know, off the cuff conversations about, you know, what is SA Grant going to do next and this and the other. And I think I even jokingly say you should create a podcast because I am a super podcast nerd and listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, a couple of more conversations and, uh, 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 uh series of better and better and more improved mics, you know, now you're at the end of season one. So, I mean, talk about that journey a little bit overall, like how has it changed from day one to day now?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest reality moments for me was kind of like, not only did we have a podcast, but near the end of the season, I had opportunity to to have two speaking engagements, which was kind of like, a year before I wasn't speaking to my podcast. I I'd, I'd never even, you know, developed a podcast a year ago. So being able to speak at PodFest, and that's all thanks to, to Chris C- Cremenso, you know, and his book, I mean, if you, another going back to the books a little bit, Chris Cremenso's book start ugly yep. is one of those books that if prime example, like we're writing these books for the, for these other authors, and they have to kind of understand that perfection comes with time. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of touch a market sector to put products in front of them. With your best foot forward, but you have to start ugly. Otherwise, you would never start. If you try to make everything 100% perfect out the box, then one day goes to a week, a week goes to a month, then six months later, and hence why most people take years to write a book because they want the book to be perfect. And even after the release of the book, it's not perfect. So have an opportunity to kind of jump onto that sector. And a lot of the people going into season two are people that I just reached out that were fellow speakers at PodFest or at VidFest, wow. and in that journey right so to your point a year ago literally 2019 december yes. it was kind of like let's start a podcast <laughs> okay and it and wasn't
0: then- that simple it was and then <laughs> then it became okay <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah it, was like, it was like okay let's start a podcast when will we release okay let's release in february and i think we were in virginia at the time yep and we were just like let's just just record Tal. Tal would be a great first interview because we have history we go way back she's a savvy business person let's record an episode and see where it goes and then after that it was kind of like oh, well, i need to record more episodes i need to be consistent and mm-hmm. that's why i started off with two weeks i was like two week rotation it was like okay that's easy enough for me to maintain in addition to everything else and then surely thereafter after like episode 14 or 16, I was just kind of like, I need to put more content out there. I need to go from bi-weekly to weekly. Yeah. So now I'm at the point to where we're posting an episode every single week on usually on a Tuesday. And it just the the following has grown significantly just based upon that content. And it, and it really goes to show if you're a marketer and if you're developing solid content, then your audience will potentially grow and obviously you have to market that content as well and I and to be honest with you I haven't really even I've put zero ad spend into Boston Cage zero mm-hmm. wow I've, I've done I've marketed everything else but I've done zero ad spend or zero really outside of organic marketing I've done zero so going into 2021 mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole new ball game to where I'm going to put some ad spend behind things and I'm going to you know significantly push the podcast essentially more so as a brand anchor than what I was doing before
0: It makes sense. Um, Boston Cage is in this teenage phase and in 2021, Boston Cage becomes 21 (laughs) and Boston Cage has grown and Boston Cage starts to get ad spend. You know, just like you said, this growth has been all organic. It's been word of mouth. It's been, hey, you know, X is on the podcast. You know, we go out, put it in social media, have that person share it. Um, I think we were kind of looking at the numbers the other night while we we're sitting around the house, and it's and like it's, it's amazing. You haven't put any real aspirin behind this at all. This has all been organic, word of the mouth, mm-hmm. people who know you, people who know the people that you're interviewing, type of growth. So in 2021, Boston Cage becomes an adult <laughs> essentially, um, and it really kind of starts to get out there, and like you said, starts to kind of grow its own tentacles and stuff. So that's going to be exciting.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah. So I mean, goal for me going into next year, I I would like to hit 10,000 complete downloads. I mean, we only had 20 something episodes this year. So Mm -hmm. going into next year, we're going to do a podcast per week. So that next season, essentially, we're aiming for 52 episodes. So just doing the numbers, doing the math, that we should be able to hit 10,000. And again, every time you hit something, there's an explosion, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. when I first started off this podcast, it was like maybe five people listening, right? Mm -hmm. And then it grew into a couple hundred people listening. So with marketing and aspen behind that and potentially all the other outreaches that we're doing, and they're all funneling back into Boston cage, then that brand, we should easily hit 10,000, then a hundred thousand and so forth and so forth.
0: makes sense. Well, I have my last question, which (laughs) I think I asked towards the end of the first episode. And I think back to it has your, um, lunch with anyone dead or alive changed um, in the last 12 months due to 2020, due to how COVID has changed everything that we're doing. Um, has that changed? Were you you know, who would you have lunch with or have a conversation with dead or alive? I it, got surprised you. You didn't know this question was coming. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm just
1: thinking about it because it's, it's kind of like, and I'm recapping like everyone's answer over, that, yeah. over the year. And, and like, it's, it's so funny that I heard some people they, some people just pick like, Random people that that are alive that they want to meet. Mm -hmm. Some people pick people that that are essentially dead that could inspire them. Some people have obviously just said directly like family, like their wives or 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 their kids. Mm -hmm. And and for me, I think all of those answers are are great answers. And I even got to the point where I'm like, okay, you can't say your kids anymore. You can't say your wife. (laughs) Like anybody outside of your family members, who who would you want to spend 24 hours with, dead or alive? And when I really stop and think about it, I think it really comes down to like my favorite two movies, right? I mean, there's the founder, Mm -hmm. and then there's jobs. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to break the rules a little bit. If I could have a a, a mix and mingle, lunch and learn, it'll be with Croc and Jobs at the same damn time. And I'm sure they're both going to be arguing about something. <laughs> they're both gonna you know steve's gonna be like whatever give me some fruit shut the hell up and Croc is gonna be like you know he's gonna shank him under the table but just being in that room with these two titans at the same damn time and just being able to not even essentially ask them questions just to see both of them interact with each other yeah because think about it, both of them are dead and gone. So looking at it from a standpoint of what would these two titans, and I don't think they ever had opportunity to cross in their time frames.
0: Mm, no, I think uh, Croc died in 1984, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of like, like the real dawn of Apple. He probably was even thinking about McDonald's at that time. So to put both those people in the same space at the same time and to be a fly on the wall, to see what they would talk about. I think that would be an influential, life-changing event just to, to record that thing and listen to it over and over again. For them to compare notes, because you got to think, McDonald's is essentially the, the largest landowner, right? And mm-hmm. essentially, Apple is essentially pound for pound, dollar for dollar, the largest company on the block. You know, obviously, Amazon is creeping up on them, but pound for pound, Apple's margins are ridiculous. So to understand and, and, these two formulas is beautiful. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: And the cult following that Apple has. So, yes, I am an Apple cult member. Yeah.
1: I am well, fully that. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, McDonald's is a cult following too. I mean, think about yeah. K, right? I mean, think about Koy, K, think about all kids. And that's multiple generations of kids over the years that if you say McDonald's, their the hands go up. That's one food right. universally, no matter what it is, the kids are willing to eat. This is
0: true. This is true. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, that was my last question for you. I don't, you know, no have anything else. I'm really excited about what season two has to offer. Like I said, Boston Cage is going from a teenager now to being an adult. I think the timing of twenty twenty one is really good for branding, hint hint on that. <laughs> so, um the, this first season has been awesome. It has been an amazing journey. It has been a lot of lessons learned. Um I think we were joking with Tal the other day about the first uh podcast that you guys recorded. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually record. <laughs> that was the first one. Yeah. And you know, lessons learned, you know, make sure that the button is hitting this another. So um thanks. Yeah. It has been a super awesome journey and season two is going to be dope.
1: I can't wait. I definitely appreciate it. I mean, to your point about the record, I think every podcaster at one time or the other, you learned that lesson. And I'm happy that we learned that lesson on the first season, first episode right out the box. Make sure you hit record.
0: I always say it was such a good episode. No one heard it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was actually her, her, her re-recording was great, but her original, we, we couldn't recreate that. I mean, so much emotion and desire that she put into that first episode was, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, my goal is to get her back on the podcast again, probably going into season two just to kind of see where she is right now. And I think a lot of conversation going into season two is probably going to be more so about COVID and, and how people are branching out and adapting and overcoming these new unforeseen hurdles that pretty much came out of nowhere.
0: No, you, it's a great it's a great idea. How are people pivoting? How are businesses pivoting right now um, with COVID? I mean, a lot of brick and mortar businesses that we know we know of are hurting. Some have already closed their doors, or are getting ready to close their doors. You know, I know there's new money, new you know stimulus money out in the marketplace now, but you know, what does that mean for someone who's already on the verge of you know having to close? So, I think to interject that a little bit into season two would be great as well. Um, and then, like you said, like I think you said, at the end of all your. Po- all of your podcasts we want to hear what our listeners are doing what are they thinking um their comments their questions and those would be good to start to interject in the season two just so we can see you know what's happening in the world
1: yeah yeah and i think this is probably a good time to you know going into the closing of this particular episode is that you know leave some reviews i mean i would love to hear like i i get text messages I get emails, but I'm just saying, put those those messages on on the reviews. Not only is it going to help us to grow the podcast, but it'll also give other people opportunity to kind of see the responses to your particular questions, and it's a community. So go ahead and send some reviews and, and post them live, and obviously, you can still send me text messages, but ideally, let's just put them up live for the world to see them.
0: Yeah, we would love to know what everyone is thinking about the podcast. What we don't know, we can't grow, so... Put it out in the reviews. And then from there, we can grow and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So cool, cool. Are you uh, ready definitely. for 21? Is it 21? 21.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for 23, but yes, I'm ready for 21. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, again, guys, I mean, I appreciate you doing this interview, Alex. And uh, again, guys, we look forward to growing and expanding going into season two, Essay Grant, over and out. Or drop me your thoughts via a call or a text at 762 233 BOSS. That's 762 233 2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a Boss and Cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off.
0: Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook.